what I'm talking about. Welcome to another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. This is not Mike Bauman. This is his good pal, Matthew McConaughey. Always wanted to guest host one of these puppies, and this is one that uh, I listen to a lot. As you can imagine, I do a lot of traveling, not only in my Lincoln, that's right, by Lincoln, but also for the movies and various projects I am involved in as a director, an actor, which, by the way, the Oscars are tonight. Hopefully you tune in. Last year I won for Dallas Buyers Club. movie was very important to me, coming out of Texas. And part of the reason I want to do this show is because it features a young man that's done a lot of work in Texas. That is one John Hammond. John, what's up, buddy? Big Zon, a.k.a. Big City Gremlin, as you guys will hear about in this podcast. <laughs> All right. But anyway, I'm a big fan of this show. I love the podcast format. I love getting into the deets, the nitty-gritty of the essence of what's really going on with these people behind the scenes with music, movies, all of that stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got a little bit of a frog in my throat. But Mike was kind enough to let me guest host this and give you guys the little monologue in the beginning as well as the close. So he told me to keep it kind of short and sweet because I know there's a lot going on in this show on this particular podcast. But you're going to hear about Tropic Bombs. How about that name? All right. Go big or go home, baby. That's what I say. Just keep living. So Tropic Bombs has had a couple of lineup changes over the years. As some of you close fans may know, they just came out with a really cool music video shot by Whitey of Vindicate Media. Very well done, Whitey. I must say so myself. If you ever want to do anything together, make sure you get in touch with my agency. We'll do our best to get it working, all right? And that video was for the new song, The Alchemist's Gaze. That's right. And you're going to hear all about what's going on with that. You're going to hear about the Hour 24 Tropic Bombs co-headlining show on April 15th in Toledo, Ohio. Holy Toledo. Never been there. Always wanted to go. Heard Tony Pacos is pretty good. A lot of famous people going through there from what I understand. And I'm always down for a good Frankfurt. That's a hot dog for you lay people. So anyway, you're going to hear about that. You're going to hear about the Big City Gremlin. You're going to hear about Astral Projection. You're going to hear about bending the space-time continuum and traveling on your spiritual journey. All of those things will be involved in today's podcast. So sit back, relax, crack yourself a cold one, and enjoy. Here is Ron Waiten and John Hammond of Tropic Bombs. All right. Wow, your finger looks huge. It's because it is, man. It's flamed right now. Seriously? No. <laughs> well, it's it, it is good to uh, it is good to catch up with you guys, though, man. I um, I really enjoyed the. Uh, I really enjoyed the the video. It was hilarious. And uh, when you guys, when when Ryan, you first told me that wasn't long before I moved down here, actually, because we went to Frickers that one night, and and I checked it out. Yep. And uh, that was probably what September or something, October, in there. Uh, somewhere yeah, it was in the fall. I showed you. I, I just I had to tell somebody, <laughs> and uh, I I don't know. Oh, I think you were you were having like you said you were. We had some um, some moments where you were like some things were going wrong for you, and I was felt like you were having a, a rough night. And we we talked and we ate, 
And then you're like, man, what are you guys doing? Like, I need some more music back. And I was like, well, we, we're getting a new guitar player. And you started kind of impromptu interviewing me. And, you know, you had your way of pulling info out of me. Uh, yeah, I see that smart gear. You know it, too. And I showed you a rough track. Well, I showed you part of the song, what we were working on. And, oh, cause, you know why? Because we were talking about something, and you basically mentioned what your move to Nashville, and you started talking basically about exactly what the song is about. And I was like, man, this is a perfect moment where I, I, I'm not supposed to be showing people this, but I feel like this will really resonate with you right now, so let's capitalize on that. And I just showed you it, and I didn't tell you what the song is about, but I let you kind of listen, and your reaction was pretty good. And then I told you that it was actually John that would be coming back. And uh, you, because you of all people would understand, you've been the guy uh, tracking and and telling people our story since our our early days of this band stuff. So. And since infancy. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew you'd appreciate it. And I hope you, I, I'm assuming because I just got the video, the actual music video and song uploaded that you haven't had a chance to hear the full thing yet, but uh, I'm hoping you'll appreciate it. Mike, what was that? Did you have an arm amputation I didn't know about? I thought your left arm, can I, is that really okay? Oh, okay, you do have an arm. For a second, it looked like you had you had a surgery, and I was hoping that everything was okay. <laughs> These actually are my hands. They're not my hands. I can't tell you whose they are, but they're not mine. Hi, guy. They're not mine. No, but uh, yeah, I I really liked it because um, I uh, I mean I remembered when you guys first started, and uh, I I remember when I when I got to finally go see you guys play live, and I was like, wow, this is really um, it's really unique. Like nobody nobody locally was playing anything like you guys were playing. You guys always had really energetic crowds, and the music was very like pure and and raw. You know what I mean. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I think that's why maybe so many people like what you're doing is not just because they know you guys from like the Devil and Executive Days and Promise of Tomorrow Days and, and missed that time, which was a really good time for Toledo Music like 10, 12 years ago. But but the new stuff was really, it was really energetic and it was, you were mixing like reggae and funk and rock and hip hop and it was like nobody was doing anything like that. You know what I mean? And even if you look at, uh, you know, mainstream music, I don't know that there's too many people who are really doing anything like that. So, and, and the coolest thing about it was it wasn't like you guys were taking like 10 pounds of stuff and trying to fit it in a five pound bag. Like everybody brought something to the table. So when John left, I was, I was bummed just because I was like, oh man, you know, because John really has like that bombastic, energetic, like, you know, not just the soloing stuff, but just his style of playing. It really was was like taking an element away from of you know from the music that that um, I think a lot of people really missed. And that's not to say that Return to Bomber Bay wasn't good. I really enjoyed it. It was cool to see Bino expand on kind of what he had been doing already. I felt like prior to John leaving he and, and we kind of talked about that where he he kind of did a lot of more of the ambient stuff you know and I, I do I think his guitar playing is very um, 
there's a lot more atmosphere. You know, I, th I felt like he brought a lot of ambi ambient type sounds, a lot of atmosphere stuff. I think Crumb, from just from what I've seen, is a very good, like a riff meister. Like he can just come up with some really cool riffs that are just sort of like the meat of a lot of the songs. So it, it was interesting to hear what you guys sounded like without John, but, but now that John is back with Crumb, I'm going to miss Beano too. Um, and I know we'll get into all that, but um, it's cool to see sort of like that element of your guys' music come come back into play and what the new stuff is going to sound like. So when you showed me that song in September, I was like, I was like, wow, it was kind of like, it's kind of like you haven't seen an old friend in a while. And then you, and then it's like you see each other and you're like, oh, my God, man, what are you doing? What's up? You know, so I, I was I was legitimately excited when I heard that because I was like, that's John, like. You can play me a riff from all three of those guys, and I can be like, that's John, that's Bino, that's Crump, you know? Um, but anyway, I'm rambling, but I really enjoyed the song. What is the official name of the song, by the way? Because I don't think at that point in time, I, I, I don't, it was just like, I don't even know if you guys had a working title for it. No, we didn't at that time. In fact, I think the version you heard wasn't even, uh, things have changed since then, but the official name is called uh, the Alchemist's Gaze. I like it. Little, little mythical in there. I'm all about it's mental fun. alchemy, too, so that's kind of weird that you said the Alchemist's Gaze. I like that. Thank you. <clears throat> so, John, i got to ask you, man. Um, when... when uh, I mean, Ryan and I have talked about it, too, but as, as far as sort of the timeline, like, you left initially because of, of work, right? Um... And that was what was that? Two thousand thirteen. That was two thousand thirteen. Yes. And I then, and then, what's it kind of been like in that period between then and and right now, being back in the band? Like, how, how what's what's sort of the the story behind that? Well, you know, of course, I was heartbroken um, when I had to leave. It was it was more of just a a business decision. And you know, as much as I as I loved being in the band and making the music, um, it was a, a difficult decision, but it was one that had to be done because there was just no telling what my schedule was going to be, and it would have just put a hindrance on everybody else in the band. And uh, you know, I just couldn't do that, so I went on my hiatus. And uh, while I was gone, you know, I was I was pretty sad at first, and. Um, you know, I got over it, just like a break up with a maybe a girl that you actually like, but she broke up with you, type of thing. <laughs> Which was not the case. But not, <laughs> not the case. It was, it, there was mutual love. There was. There was. Um, I was not kicked out, um, but um, it, it was. It was actually fun watching the progress of them. Um, I felt as though they matured. Uh, it would be fun because I was still a member on their SoundCloud account, which is what we use. I say there and we, so I don't know. Maybe I should just say we the whole time, but I, I guess yeah, in, this, back, sense, baby, in back, this sense, yeah, it should be there uh, because I was okay. not in it at sure. this point. Um, so, you know, I'd eavesdrop on their SoundCloud and um, you know, take some sneak peeks, and then I would actually still voice my opinions on things, which I don't know if I was uh, in the right spot to do something like that. But <laughs> we asked, we asked. <laughs> it was usually never, 
anything negative, it, it for the most part just be constructive and, and uh, really complementative. Is that a word, Brian? You're an English major. You know, if it isn't, it should be because it's one of the cooler words I've ever heard. <laughs> so I know what you're getting at there. But um, <clears throat> so it was it was fun listening to that, um, and then also hearing some of the. Uh, the hardships of uh, of also being in a band and hearing it from the outside of uh, you know, some of the communication that goes down and um, that sort of thing. So it was interesting. I was still I was still there from thirty thousand miles away, but um, not there at the same time. Um, <clears throat> so it was uh, it was like I was never one hundred percent gone. I was. Still, still involved to some degree, um, but then uh, basically, it was you know somehow it happened to where you know Ben Ben was no longer uh, a part of the, of the project, and I had just begun a new position within my company, to where I had a little bit more freedom to come home on the weekends, and I had a little bit more structure in my life. Um, so at that point, you know, me and Ryan and the band talked and thought it was a good idea to try it out and, and just give it a go and, and see if we can make it work. And so far, so far, so good. So, so what were like your your stipulations on coming back? Were you like, all right, I'm going to be stage left. I don't want anybody entering my area. I, well, I before the before the show, I want at least like three paps and I want a Subway sandwich with a light vinaigrette, uh, possibly some Yankee candles. I mean, what was part of, like, you coming coming back in? I mean, I, these are important things, you it, know? It was, yeah, it was more simplistic than that. I did have demands, uh, but I let Ryan know that I wanted him to tell the guys that I, I really would prefer no eye contact with me, at least, while we're, you know, while we're together. I, I really don't like that. And I forget what the other what the other was. It was no eye contact, and it was big, dude. It was it was kind of funny. It was the first. It was his actual response to me asking him what. It, it was a text message. It took me three days to get up the courage to ask him. I'll tell you about why later. But um, his response was like, "Yes, I, I'd love to. I'm very interested, but there are a few stipulations." It was something like, yeah, one, I want you to tell the band that there will be no eye contact with me at any point during practice, um, and also nobody should look at each other. Um, he also said, like, do not speak to me, I will not speak to you, um, you know, the normal stuff. Um, and then there was, there was a third one uh, that I can't recall at the time, but... Uh, the fourth one was probably my favorite was that we had to actually address him. Uh, we couldn't even call him John or any of the nicknames that we had before. We had to address him as Big City Gremlin. Okay. Big City Gremlin. That, I, that one slipped my mind. Which we, we obviously accepted those conditions. Well, um, it's, it sounds like, John, you were kind of almost like a on a spiritual journey of some sort. And then when you came back, it was like, you know... Now that I'm with these mortals again, although very talented, um, I can't really make eye contact with them because now I'm on a different spiritual plane. You know, I'm in an astral projection type of awakening right now, 
and I'm yeah. meeting the Phoenix at the Crescent. So, it, you you're know, exactly right. So the the, the Gremlin name was, was now it's not a persona or an alter ego. It's actually more of like your spirit animal, and this is you kind of mixing the dimensions and now you're bringing bringing it back into the plane you know what i mean so i totally understand that and actually a lot of people don't know and i know you guys are into animals so you probably do so this this might be inside baseball for some of the people listening if you want to fast forward go ahead uh we know what mortal plane you're on if you do um but actually dogs and cats when, when, especially dogs, you know, when you look at a predator, a predatory animal, if you make eye contact and you show your teeth and you smile at them, sometimes they can read that as actually sort of a ferocious type of move, you know, because animals show their teeth, they grit when they're, when they're feisty, you know what I mean? We smile at each other and show our teeth, but to, but to lo- lower level beings, eye contact and teeth showing can actually be a ferocious type of situation. So I can understand now that you've come back as this gremlin figure um, after your spiritual journey and your cleansing that eye contact and teeth showing could potentially be hazardous to the music that you guys are, are going to make. So I'm totally on board with that, you know. But now, exactly. Hey, Mark. exactly. Yeah. I, I know you're the interviewer here, but can I, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Are you yourself on some sort of spiritual journey right at the very moment, perhaps chemically induced even? You know, you know, Ryan, it's, it's, it's funny you ask that because uh, poor Kay, um, since I've moved down here, there, there have been some spiritual awakenings um, within myself. I've not yet achieved the, the level that, uh, that John has, has achieved yet, but... Um, but I'm getting there. But I will say it's totally sober. There are no, there are no drogas, no los drogas involved at all. It's all just a, uh, you know, this is just all stuff that comes out fluidly. You know, perhaps it's because I, I'm not writing uh, like I used to that, that, that maybe it's just coming out in sort of this uh, bouquet of words that are coming out of my mouth right now but but actually no my my spiritual journey does not include any type of mind altering substances um it's so did mine you, no, you know did mine my, i was abducted actually for two out of the three years i was gone wow man sure. tropic bombs now one thing i will mention that i was a little you know, I, I try to consider myself a man that really doesn't have much of an ego. I usually, uh, you know, like to vibe well with people. And I, you know, I, I, I consider myself, you know, just a pretty, pretty regular dude. Um, some people might say one self even saying that means that you're arrogant. But whatever. I mean, if I'm arrogant, color me arrogant. Um but one thing that, that I was a little miffed about with the video, and uh, this is just, just some slight criticism because I know you guys and, you know, we're definitely friends and there's been years of stories and concert going and, and what have you. Um, I was a little bummed out that somehow Kurt Loder knew that you guys were looking for a guitarist. Um, you know, seeing as he's been out of the picture now for a while, uh, I know he still writes and he's still a very well-respected journalist, but I mean... 
Kurt Loader? I mean, we're taking it back to the weasel days of MTV. You know what I'm saying? I mean, at that point, I was I was a two-year-old kid who was cross-eyed. I felt like that was kind of a slap in the face that somehow Kurt Loader got the scoop. And, and I knew it, and I kept it under wraps, but I don't know what happened between Ryan, our conversation, when I first heard the Beacon of Awesomeness uh, that now has an actual title... And that made its way to one Kurt Loader, who I've not seen on mainstream television in a long time. So, well, that's you just Mike. You know, I know I understand your frustrations, but you kind of actually just answered the question without knowing it. You know, you answered it yourself because what happens is um, we're poor, okay? So you said mainstream television, okay? Right. You don't have that. Um, I'm pretty sure. Nobody in the band actually has that. Um, we have Netflix, which we pretty much leech off of each other's accounts. I think John even uses my parents' account um, still, possibly. John's traveling all the time, so he obviously doesn't have a cable subscription. Right. Um, so you may or may not know is that Kurt Loader did announce it on MTV News, but it was actually it's actually MTV Three. Um, it's most people don't even know about it. Um, there's MTV, obviously, there's MTV two, but MTV three is for musicians who do things like we do, such as like borrow people's cymbals because all of ours are broken, or borrow each other's cables because none of us have enough, and you know things like that. So don't be offended. Um, and to be honest with you, you heard about. I mean, and I, I do now have uh, proof because you said that it was back in September and October that I told you about the song. Kurt Loader didn't find out about this until January, which makes sense as to why uh, John heard about it in January. Mike, you are the man. Um, you are our first and foremost. Kurt Loader heard about it through the grapevine. He put it out on a You was actually, he was upset that that you had heard about it before he had heard about it. That is true. We, because we were talking to him, and I mean, you know, it's, I, I had to comfort him a little bit. And, um, like, Kurt, you're like 75, man. Like, Mike's younger. He's going to have faster ears. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry I, I took it a, to a negative turn. You know, I just, uh, I was a little hurt, <clears throat> you know. Um, is that the air, though? Does that, do you understand, like, how that would have all transpired? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not ready to forgive right now, but over time, uh, through some meditation, uh, maybe some hot yoga, um, perhaps uh, a nice walk down by the lake that's not too far from, from my homestead here in, in Tennessee, I, I will get over it. Um, I'll get past it. But, uh, so, so, so when was the, uh, the official uh, uh, coming, coming back. Like, has how many months has it been now that you guys have been been working with with John again without eye contact? Well, I, I'll say this: unofficially, John's been back since August. Okay. Officially, what's the date today? January February twenty seventh. Yes, February twenty seventh. 2016 because we just dropped the official music video and it's really the first the first thing um, that John's been a part of since we wrote Christ's Anthemums and that that came back in 2012 
that came out in 2012. So this is his first official uh, day back, and everybody is going to know it. But we have been jamming. John and I started jamming back in August to try it out, and it's been really hard to keep it a secret, which is why I was running around this morning trying to get the video uploaded. It's been months and months of hard work and stress and fun and emotion and all the good stuff that goes into it and it finally finally uh is kind of all released today all over facebook so officially mike this is you are the first person we are talking to even before the, our other bandmates since john's been officially back in my eyes yeah so with uh, with Bino, just to just to touch on that, um, is I mean, do you guys still communicate? Is everything cool with him now? It was just a thing where things had just kind of run its course with him as far as his time in the band and and not being part of it anymore. I mean, we can touch on as little of it or as much of it as you want, obviously, but uh, just to give fans an idea, I guess, of kind of where things were and where they are now. Yeah, it, when Bino found out, he called me, and I ignored his calls for, like, the first month or two. And then finally he showed up at my doorstep, and he was just all sorts of enraged. In Texas, right? He flew to Texas. Yeah, at the Marriott that I was staying at. And uh, thanks for reminding me. Yes. And I walked out, and I said, Bino, man... Get off, get off my property. And he was like, this isn't even your property. This is the Marriott. And I was like, dude. And uh, and then he just went home pretty much. And I haven't talked to him since then. And that's about it. So, <laughs> um, none of that happened. Um, but to answer your question, uh, there, there obviously, you know, as you know, because you've talked to many bands, Mike, Bands aren't much like relationships. Well, they are relationships, but they're much like uh, being in like a marriage. And um, there's going to be, no matter how something ends, whether it's mutual, not mutual, good, bad, there's always going to be some tenderness, I think. And um, Bino, I think, was sad when he left. And honestly, we were sad. And I think it was, it was a necessary... Um, split and we had all talked we had talked and talked and talked with him and he had talked and talked and talked with us and we kind of just had a road where we could not all decide on agree on going down the same path and in the end it was a mutual agreeance um, that it would be I mean he, he officially said like I'm leaving the band and he said I, I wish you the best the best of luck, and I don't have any negative feelings. I want you guys to do well and everything. And I think we were all sad. Um, and then we didn't, at least he and I, um, didn't talk for a little while because I think that it needed time to kind of, like, settle and everything. Um, but then, and he moved. He moved, uh, took a job, which I was super happy for him because that was something he was working on. Is it to Sandusky? Yeah, he moved out towards Sandusky, Ohio, so maybe like an hour and a half or two away. And uh, he's really, really always been talented in video and photography work and all that. He's doing stuff with that, which is great. 
And so we talked we talked a little bit about that when I heard he got a job and um, that was a good talk. And then he actually showed up. I invited him. Uh, I had my 30th birthday uh, last this October, and um, he actually kind of surprised me. He came out, and I hadn't seen him for a little while, and we had a good night. And uh, since then, we've we've been talking a little more. We've he sent me some art files to help me um, with a couple things to work on. We've we've shared a couple music clips back and forth <clears throat> recently. Um, so yeah, I think I think it was uh, there was some. I don't even want to say tension, but there was. It was hard to talk to each other at first because of everything that we, it was just we were so sad about it. Everyone was, and uh, but that's natural. There was no. Um, unnatural feelings there and we I haven't I don't see him a lot being that he lives out of town now on the other side of the state but um we were actually just talking about two it might have been yesterday but maybe two days ago about our next time he's in town we got to get together and stuff like that so um yeah things are definitely not there's definitely not like a uh oh we don't talk to him screw him or anything like that he was there, he was there since I, we've never played a show without him. I mean, he's been part of it. He's been an integral part of the music, and uh, he's one of our best friends. He's in my wedding, and you know I don't take that lightly. So, um, with Dino, man, there's nothing but but good feelings and good hopes, and that's mutual. We when we talk, that's how it seems with him as well. That's good. It's good. There's no there's no love lost, man. You know. Um... Especially with you guys, you know, because I think I, I think that's one thing about your guys' band too. You guys always look like you're having so much fun. So I think when it gets to that point, just like anything, you know, whether it's a relationship or a friendship, you know, sometimes you gotta kind of have that uh, those those difficult decisions come up. But but eventually, at the end of the day, if you really love each other, you know what I mean, it all comes back around. So that's that's cool, man. And I think that's a good I think that's good for people outside of the band who have been following you guys for the last, you know, five years, six years, um, you know, to, to know that there's no love lost. So that's cool, man. Yeah. Now with, with the, the new music, um, as far as where you guys are right now, creatively, um, are you, cause it's been what, uh, Return to Bomber Bay was 2014. So is there are there are there plans right now to try to get something out this year or is it something that because this has only been since August September that you don't want to like rush the process of putting new music out there without uh, making sure that it's like your best stuff? We well we definitely want to make sure it's our best stuff and and I feel like this song uh, I think it's the best song I've been in three bands with these guys and this is my favorite song we've ever written and I don't say that about every song this is this is my favorite one by far and I think we've kind of set the bar with it uh, so we want to continue that trend of really taking the time to, to put in it and we haven't specifically talked really about like are we going to do a full album are we going to do an EP I think the focus right now is less on what do we need to put out and when do we need to put it out and stuff like that and more just enjoying um, kind of a happy reunion, man. Like when John left, it was super sad, and um, him being back is just, man. It's it's just half my life I've been in bands with them, and 
I think we're just kind of all enjoying the time uh, jamming together. We're enjoying the process of getting ready for shows again. John hasn't played a show with us since 2013. Um, and we're kind of just taking our time. Um, that's yeah. kind of my take and, on it. And, you know, when, when you decide to write a song and then record it and put a music video out, all of that, that whole process can take, for, for example, for us, at least months. Um, to make sure that everybody's tracked and we're all on our own schedule so it's you know one person a week gets to record their track so since we made this song and wrote it in god I don't know what's August August October. so it's been it's really just been this one song is like the only thing we've concentrated our energy on uh, creating and uh, we haven't we really haven't had, I don't know if it's we haven't had much time or, or what. I think we really haven't had much time because of all the focus that has been on this one song. Because we did think it was good enough to just, hey, let's come out of the gates. Let's release this video. Let's make a new song. Let's make do band pictures and just throw it at everybody at one time. Like, come come out with a, you know, schedule a show and, and throw all of this at everybody at once. So they're like, well, God damn. Look at all back. And I don't. I think within the midst of all of that, we haven't really had had much time to focus on writing new stuff. And I can speak for myself personally when I say that just learning Dino stuff and, and figuring out how to make these songs sound correct with just two guitar players is enough work uh, for the time that I have uh, in this band. To, to learn that is kind of consuming my spare time. So the creative juices to make more new material at this moment hasn't really entered the picture for me. But I know Ryan is making some crap and <laughs> shooting rhymes my way and all this sort of thing. No, yeah. and, so. and actually, um, I went out with Crumb last night. Crumb and I went out to uh, see some buddies' bands play. Um, actually, some of the guys in our band, Nathan Steve, um, they're in a new project called Star Sleeper. And they got a really cool thing going on with that. With uh, they got like a crazy stage show with like lighting, light up drum kit, like program for the music. And so we went to see their first show, and um, some other buddies, Goodbye Blue Skies, as you, you've heard of them, um, and uh, Light Horizon. We did an interview with them recently. We they were all playing. It was a March of Dimes benefit. It was a fun time. And Crum and I went out to Howard's in BG, which. I personally haven't been there since shoot, probably 2012 when we played there um, last. And it was really fun going out and getting Crumb out there. Uh, <laughs> and Crumb, Crumb, honestly, man, he's a he's a creature, man. Like you said, he's a riff meister. He's just got he's got these gnarly riffs, but he goes on dry spells, um, which anyone does. But at, I guess in the last like two years or so he's, he's been telling he's been like on a crazy dry spell of riffs and honestly I do feel like part of that was the energy overall of the whole band we were trying to figure out things that were going on with the lineup and the band and sometimes that's that can either make it or break it and uh, now that John's been back just been jamming and Crumb's got some new gear um Basically, Crumb told me last week that he's he's feeling more motivated to write and play and do uh, 
new music than he has in the last few years, which that was a huge good sign because Crum and I were the ones back in the day when we were 15, 16, uh, even 14, we would just sit and write all day, and this is where all this has spawned from over the last 15, 16 years. Um, so even though John is currently focused on learning Albino stuff, brushing up on his own stuff he hasn't played in three years, writing, you know, he was heavily, heavily involved. It was basically he and I wrote this new song and then brought it to the guys, uh, and they learned it and then improved it with their own skills and little pieces of flair. Point being, Crumb is, has just uh, been on this crazy binge of wanting to write and uh, jam. So actually, uh, today's Saturday, so tomorrow, Sunday, he and I, Crumb and I, are going to stay after practice and just work on writing new material. So I'm really excited to see what Crumb comes up with. Because when that dude lets his mind go, you know, it's, it's just awesome. We haven't done that in a while, so... I would definitely say, you know, don't know about new album right now or if we're going to release one song at a time because we got John still works all over the country. Steve moved to Fort Wayne uh, last year. We've been working with her two years, almost two years ago. And uh, Nick works in Ann Arbor, so we're kind of all this first everywhere. It makes it a little hard to record a full album, but we might just release a song at a time and just, I kind of like focusing on making each song the best possible rather than rushing to put together 10 songs. And I'd say uh, definitely expect more new music from us in some form, whether it's one song at a time, an EP. I would like to do another full-length album. Um, it just... Go big or go home. Yeah, it just depends on uh, how things go uh, time-wise, but there will definitely be new music from us um, throughout this year you'll hear some more stuff yeah i'm excited to i'm excited to hear man i gotta i gotta get to that show too um in fact i'll probably try to do that this week at work and put in to have that friday off so i can come home and uh spend the weekend back in t-town and uh check out the show because i've never seen hour 24 either and i know they've developed quite the following and have toured around the country and stuff so i've I've been interested for a long time to check them out, too. But um, that's going to be Frankie's, what, is it April 15th? Yep. Did tax I get that day. right? Tax day show. Get your taxes in. If you bring your W-2, you get 10% off at the door. Okay. And But with the stipulation that when you get your tax return, you have to give us 10% of your tax return. So it kind of evens <laughs> out. <laughs> It's well, kind of, it's kind of a wash, you. then. I think in the financial world, we call that a wash, guys. You know what, Mike, I would hope it's not a wash, per se, because wouldn't that mean, like, a direct break-even? So if you get 10% off of $8, mm -hmm. what is that, $0.80, I'm hoping that 10% of your tax return isn't $0.80. Cents. I hope you get more than that. Yeah. But judging, I mean, I'll probably only get $0.80. Cents. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I feel dumb now. Thanks, Ryan. Um, um, it's all part of the spiritual journey, and I've been it's true. doing a lot lately. Math has not been part of mine, though. You know, I got up there with the gods and the angels, and, you know, Buddha was there, you know, and, and uh, he was doing some of that flavored tobacco. What do the kids call that stuff? A hookah? 
He was oh, up yeah, there yeah. just majestically yeah. sitting as he does, glistening in heaven's light. And, uh, you know, we agreed, you know, kind of telepathically that mathematics or mathematics, for some reason they threw an E in there, even though we never enunciate that when we actually say the word, uh, was not going to be part of my um, spiritual journey as I cruised the astral plane looking down upon the hierarchy that uh, Homo sapiens have created. Um, so, I mean, but again, you know, things things be they as they may. Um, it's understandable. That's a, Yeah, yeah. We all have our strengths and weaknesses, you know what I mean? We have our strengths and weaknesses. Just for the record, math is not my strength at all. 80 cents, 10% of $8. They actually took me like 13 <laughs> seconds to figure out what that was. So, And I'm still not even quite sure if I'm even correct. I was at Barney like two years ago, and um, I was getting a few drinks with my brother and my my dad after a hockey game, and there was a very cute blonde there, and uh, I had a couple of brewskis, so I was feeling a little brave. Um, yeah, and she, I could tell that she was like smart, you know what I mean, and. Uh, of course, girls usually at the bar get get dibs, right? You know, guys, that you, it's kind of whenever they get to you. And it was very packed in there, and we were kind of on the backside by the bathrooms. And uh, I was in the mood for another uh, cleansing of the palate via brewski. And this attractive young woman was in front of me, and I was like, hey, you know, if I give you this money, can you get my brother and I a couple of beers? I would like a Labatt Blue Light. He would like a Bud Light. Um... And she was accommodating, but then she got a little snippy with me when it came to the tip, and I realized at that point we were on two different planes. And, uh, yeah, because she was, I was like, I think it was like six, around six dollars. And I was like, all right, what's 20% a tip of six, you know? Um, and she was like, actually, it's really easy to calculate that in your head. And I was like, well, uh, for me, it's not, okay? So I don't know what is part of your experience, but for me, it's not. And then I realized, you know, because um, that cut a little deep. I mean, it threw off my whole week that this female I didn't know. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but she did. She was like, well, it's really easy. It's easy to do numbers like that. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe for you. Uh but I guess you just multiply the total times two and then move the decimal. So, like, if you had, like, a $17 bill, 20% would be $3.40. So, um, I felt like maybe, you know, the universe sort of brought that um, unfriendly yet physically attractive young woman into my existence to sort of help me with tipping. Because um, I always tip 20%, but I'm that guy who pulls out his cell phone and pretends like I'm sending a very important text. And in reality, I'm using the calculator um, because, yeah. you know, my brain was not on the level of that particular young woman that, that evening. Uh, there were no digits exchanged, if anybody wants to know the end of that story. Except um, for the tip map. Yeah. Ah, but um But yeah, anyway. Uh, we we all have our journeys, but but Ryan, I know you are your your spirit animal is a lion, right? So yeah. Yeah. what? So John's name was what the big gremlin? You said he has to be addressed now. City gremlin. The city big city gremlin. Big city, yes. Big city gremlin. So you have been married almost a year now. Um, yeah. 
you've always been very, very into lion and lion sort of culture, I guess you could say. Um, what? Obviously, that would be your spirit animal, but that doesn't necessarily mean that would be like your spirit name, right? So, what would your spirit name be? I mean, am I making sense? I mean, John is Big City Gremlin, but I've I've also known him to be called the the Big Zon. So, for you, what would yours be? I can tell you what it is. Okay. It's it's Antoine de Mela. I'm sorry. Well, don't apologize. It's Antoine de Mela. Antoine de Mela. Okay. Or lion, hyena, killer is another one, but Antoine de Mela. And Antoine de Mela is is translates as what? He who greets with fire. Okay, that got a lot of uh, got really deep there. Um, I think I'm gonna take another sip of my water. Antoine de Mela. Maybe that could be like a working album title. You know, Mike. What you what you should do is, do you have Netflix? I do, I do. I also do not have cable. There is a documentary on Netflix called Eternal Enemies, Lions versus Hyenas. Okay. Watch the documentary and you'll understand a lot more of my my life and my my spiritual attachment to lions and how much I hate hyenas. Okay. And just remember Antoine de Mela. He who greets with fire. Okay. I'll remember that. I'm going to tell you, but report back to me after you understand. Mass. I will. I will. I will absolutely do that. Um, Switching gears in what is possibly one of the best transitions in podcast history, uh, who shot that music video? (laughs) The one we just did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he's, his name's Christian Pokrifka, but he's actually just known as Whitey. Oh, yeah, Whitey. Okay. Yeah, you know him. I'm familiar with Whitey. I don't think we've ever met officially, but, um, we've been in the same venues several times watching lovely Tropic Bomb shows. And the last time I watched you guys play, I believe he and, uh, Peapod were wrestling in the crowd without their shirts on, which was a little... Yeah, yeah. it was a sumo match. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which was a surprise, but but a necessary part of that that evening's vibe, I felt like. But anyway, Uh, so Christian Whitey uh, Poprakbra, how do you say his last name? Pokrivka. Pokrivka. Polish. Christian Whitey Pokrivka um, shot the video. It was uh, very well done. It was very professional and also quite entertaining. It was very hilarious. In fact, I think that um, I think that you guys, this is just a little suggestion. I know you're big on Facebook, but I would use Twitter to pump people to Facebook because that video was so awesome. That's just a suggestion. But um, the, uh, the video was very well done. It obviously had your pops in there. Uh, one John Big City Gremlin Hammond was was making a very epic entrance at the end of it. Um, if this is a spoiler alert for you, I don't know if you've been living under a rock for the last week, but again, just fast forward. Um, 
watch the documentary uh, that that Ryan just spoke about on Netflix. But um, but it was very it was very entertaining. It was very well done. What? How did you guys come up with sort of that process for the video? Because I I remember seeing an initial clip that you had sent me from your phone, where like you were coming into the studio. And you're like, oh, what do we got going on here? And John was playing. So initially when, when I knew about the video, that there was going to be a video way back when, I, I had kind of pictured sort of that scenario in my head, but it ended up being more epic than that. Well, you know, I think Ryan developed the initial idea. of, of I'm, I'm kind of gray, actually, on, on how the whole thing started. Uh yeah, I, I remember how it do, how we we decided it it should develop into the tryout being the music video though, and we thought that that was a pretty cool idea. Um, but the original idea of of having a tryout, well, you know, it is a it was, yeah, it was a, an evolution over time, so to speak. Um, basically. Originally, it wasn't even going to be a music video, really. You so Mike, the video you keep referencing, uh, the skit, we'll call it, it's about three minutes long, and it reintroduces John uh, as coming back into the band, basically. That was supposed to, we said, hey, man, when we announced that you're back in the band, how are we going to do this? And we saw, thought, well, we can't just say that John's back. we got to do something fun, like crazy to get people's attention, a video or something. And it kind of was like, well, what could we do? Uh, and then, yeah, basically, I don't remember why, but I just thought, like, it would be kind of funny to have, like, a bunch of people. Oh, I know what it was. In our old bands, uh, I remember when we lost our singer. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, and uh, we went through a tryout process, trying out vocalists. And we met some of the kookiest people we've ever met in our life through that process. And... Uh, we um, we decided that it would be funny to kind of show people what it's like to try to replace members and how disruptive it can be in a band. Um, and we kind of obviously exaggerated that, had some of our, of our friends come in and do kooky characters and stuff, but really they weren't honestly that far off from some of the stuff we'd experienced. And uh, from there, uh, it kind of goes, we kind of said, well, what if we did a music video for this song? What if we, what if we have the tryout skit and then John, you know, comes back and saves the day, and then we actually played the song. And at that point, John said, "Yeah, you know what? And my me playing the song could actually be my like quote unquote tryout." And that's where we said, "Oh, yeah, we could keep the people around because originally it was supposed to be like the people come, they try out, they leave." We're like, man, what are we going to do? Those guys all suck. And then John comes in and saves the day. And we said, screw that. They stick around. John comes in. They're all upset with John because they're like, who's this guy? No, I'm supposed to be a guitarist. I'm supposed to be a guitarist. And uh, John's tryout to re-enter the band is him playing the song. And John's like, dude, how funny would it be if like, I'm just kind of casually like, yeah, let me play this riff for you, and you, if you guys think of a beat or something, you can kind of jump in, and then, uh, of course, you know, the chemistry is so great that we all jump in, and suddenly, his first time playing with us is just this studio quality, like, epic six-minute dynamic song, and everyone's all mad, 
And uh, the video kind of progressed where the song itself is kind of about uh, when you try to fight something and you try to fight it and you fight it and you fight it and finally you give into it and you're like, man, this is a bummer. I lost the fight. I thought I was going to be able to fight this and uh, I'm a failure. And then you realize after it happens that you shouldn't have been fighting it in the first place and everything ended up the way that it's best. And that's what the song's about. So we said, well, we can actually have the people kind of doing that, acting that out. At first, they're fighting John's return. They're like, no, this is not right. I was supposed to be in it. And they're all hoppy and puffy throughout the beginning of the video. And eventually, there's a breaking point in this song, which you'll see when you watch the music video, where everyone kind of realizes, you know what, this is what's right after all. Let's, let's not fight it. Let's celebrate it. And uh, that's kind of how the whole plot eventually evolved into that. And it, was, it was really fun shooting. We have a lot of great friends that are not trained actors. They but they uh, they made it really funny because they did a great job. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that came to be. There was a lot of cool uh, cast of characters in there. Uh, your dad playing the sax was funny. Um, Zach, <laughs> as like the hippie dude um, with the guitar, was pretty awesome. He looked like straight out of '68. And then yep. you had. Uh, was it Steve who had a ukulele? Yeah, yeah, Steve Schmidt. And Matt Hoagland, who had a guitar with broken strings. Wearing the Broncos jersey, right? Yes. Who that you choke, put in the chokehold, which was which was awesome. Now, now that that is something that I think fans would like to know. Um, in addition to your chops, have you been like working out? I mean, did you actually lift him to the ceiling? I mean, that was a pretty. That I almost was like, ah, oh, maybe it's a camera trick, but maybe John's just been doing a lot of push-ups, you know, in, in the last three years or something, you know. I mean, to say that I couldn't do that might be wrong because I mean, I probably no. Actually, we had uh, funny enough. We had Matt stand on a bucket and. Um, kneel down on the bucket and or kind of crouch down just bend his knees and then as i lifted him up but the whole thing was pretty funny because the bucket wasn't very sturdy and matt's coordination on top of the bucket not being very sturdy was just a sight to see um so we thought that he was actually going to break his leg or something so just to get that shot was quite the ordeal um but i i think it it really it we captured what we wanted to um from that so i Really, we're happy. You know, that is the legal answer that we have to give um, to avoid like lawsuits being filed against us for uh, you know violent acts. But um, I'm sure you'll edit this part out of the video as I'm asking you to do this later. But just in the spirit of being transparent, um, he did actually lift Matt up by his throat with one arm into the ceiling. just for fun, really. I mean, just just to hurt him. He looked know? like he needed it. And uh, but yeah, so that 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 what John said though is the story that we're sticking to. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as public knowledge goes. Yeah. And Dylan Kaprowski, formerly of Stretch, and uh, doing a really cool thing with with Project Punk Monk was was there in like the mis- misfits sort of. Uh, he was sort of like the black metal looking guy. You had Peapod there. Um, yeah, it was it was cool, man. It was uh, it was. What I want to know seriously is like how many different um, 
you know, how many different cameras are involved in something like that when Whitey's, like, sort of orchestrating everything? I mean, a three-minute video like that, uh, well, well, with the song, obviously, it's like, what, almost a ten-minute video, I'm guessing. Uh, how long does it take to shoot something like that? It was 347 cameras minus 346. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm not really good at math, so I'm going to say that's like <laughs> negative... That's like negative 372 cameras, right? Plus, but then you'd have to subtract the two and add the, and add the seven. So that's like six cameras, right? Well, uh, no, there was one camera. Um, how it kind of went was, uh, believe it or not, Mike, um, yes, Whitey, Whitey shot everything. Um, I actually kind of had to, I mean, he would yell out when he wanted us to shut up for the shot and stuff, but I actually kind of had to orchestrate the whole thing myself which was my first time direct, direct directing so to speak um because like we talked about i had the initial kind of idea and then john helped develop it and uh whitey what whitey asked of me was that well you have the idea in your head so can you do a storyboard and i said yeah i'll type up something and i spent a good amount of time putting everything down on paper, what should happen. And then, you know, you get there and things change because you run into things. But it was pretty much uh, Whitey had a camera, and he managed to do that all with one camera. And basically what would happen is he'd be like, what's next? What's next? And I had printouts and uh, the vision in my head, and I'd say, okay, now we need this shot. No, I want it to look like this. And uh, so together between him shooting it and me saying, like, all right, get this angle of these people doing this, we shot it all in one day, um, and then over the course of a month, uh, it was edited, and it, it was it came together nicely in the end. How did how did the the participants come about? Did you guys just reach out to everybody that was in the video, or or did people kind of come to you and say, "Hey, I'd love to be part of the shenanigans"? No, it was very specifically chosen task because we we wanted to keep it a secret so we only we only wanted a few people to know only so that they could help us with the video and we kind of chose uh i don't know we chose a couple people from the music scene and a couple friends that we know have just been very supportive of us and we there, there are so many people that are supportive of us but we there are certain people that we knew would have fun um doing a video like this and being part of it so we very on the DL, uh, messaged them and said, hey, would you like to help us with something? I don't really want to tell you what it is yet until you can agree on the date and everything. And then if they could, we told them what it was all about. So it was, it was a, the whole objective over the course of the last, since August, was to keep everything a secret. And the name of the song again was what? The Alchemist's Gates. The Alchemist Gaze. I like that. I like that. There was a, wasn't there a, a Thrice album called The Alchemy Index too a few <clears throat> years back? You're correct in saying that. And it's actually funny enough, I, I didn't give one of the, that was a whole four-part, um, uh, whatever you'd call it, concept thing. And uh, I remember not liking the Earth and Air one when it came out, but I've been revisiting that one quite often lately. Uh, I think it's because I've matured spiritually, 
And there's a lot of uh, spiritually matured material on there, and you know, I really enjoy it now. There really is. <clears throat> I agree. I agree. I, I think the uh, the shoegazy type stuff in general lends lends oneself to sort of float in the astral plane and uh, sort of absorb all of that. So I don't know if you guys have checked out Palms. I would really recommend Palms, which is uh, Chino and all the guys from ISIS. Uh, no, not ISIS, the terrorist group, but ISIS, the very good band. Um, Palms is really good. I really enjoyed Monstro a lot. They were kind of a one-off uh, album. I wish they would make more stuff. But um, anywho, but no, uh, I, I'm really excited, and um, I'm excited for the uh, for the future of, of what you guys are doing, and I'm excited for for the show in April. I need to put in to have that day off so I can come home and uh, partake in the. Uh, the festivities as a concert goer but there's kind of a lot of cool stuff happening because isn't uh you mentioned uh steve and nick doing a new thing but um isn't this is like 15 years that once over has been together wasn't that 2001 am i right on that or around there yeah around there around 15 years um i really like their last their last ep too are they are they working on anything new or or is it just more of the Star Sleeper stuff right now? Oh, is once over? Yeah, Star Sleeper. Yes, once over. I don't. I don't believe so. Ryan, you, you might know better. Um, you know, I I guess <clears throat> I guess uh, I'm not really sure. You know what all they want me to say. Uh, I'll just say that I think it's pretty well known now that. Uh, once over, Star Sleeper is their new project, and I believe I will just say all efforts are being focused on Star Sleeper, from what I can tell. I don't really think uh, anybody anticipating any Once Over material or any fans of Once Over, I think should definitely check out Star Sleeper. I think it's an evolved, a much evolved um, version. Uh, and I don't want to say version of Once Over because actually the music has elements of it, but it's very different, and I, I just think it's its whole new thing, which is what they wanted. So I would say, um, you know, don't don't wait around for once over to put anything out, because I think really they're kind of just at least putting that on, hi- on hiatus, if not uh, totally focusing everything on, on Star Sleeper. So I, I keep up with Star Sleeper for more on that, but I do believe that Star Sleeper is the new and only uh, project from those guys and it's really cool so is it just Nick and Steve or is it the rest of the guys too um it's a it's Nick and Steve and uh I believe Bruce and Paul the drummer and and other guitar player um Colin from Once Over is not um involved in Star Sleeper he was actually out at the show though supporting them they're all still good friends but uh there was some decision made on that. Um, actually, you know what, Mike, you should do an interview with Star Sleeper too because they can tell you. They have so much that they can tell you. Um, mm-hmm. But they do have a guy named uh, Matt. He goes by Mighty. Not Whitey, Mighty. Mm-hmm. Whitey's very tall. Mighty is short. They both have pretty good beards and uh, they're both talented in what they do. So Mighty yeah, White? Mighty. What's that? Mighty White. That's him. You know him? 
Uh, he used to write some stuff for the free press back in the day. I think uh, I don't think we ever met officially, but I I definitely know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's a very musically inclined fellow. Very cool guy. Very nice. And actually, I think he's done he does music as a career. He's a he does music production and like a lot of ambient stuff. And uh, I, I thought I heard somewhere I thought Steve or someone was telling me that he's made like musical scores for stuff. Even like Breaking Bad has had some of his music in that oh, wow. um, stuff like that. So he's very talented, very down to earth. Yeah, he'll never sit and brag about it. So he's yeah. very cool, very very cool. Uh, so yeah, you should definitely get in, get wrapped up in that. Oh yeah, I will. I will. Now, is this video? It's is it rooted in Facebook, or will we also see it on other sites like like YouTube, for example? Currently, it is only on Facebook. Um, we do realize that not everyone has a Facebook, but for now, it's, it's we wanted to go that route because um, we just want maximum possible um, exposure from it, and we want to just kind of have it no no glitching issues. We just want easily shareable, you know, stuff like that. And then I'm sure um, eventually it will be on YouTube as well as well as uh, probably coming up here in the next few days, we'll figure out a way to release the actual MP3 of this song um, to the public. We're kind of deciding what we're going to do with that. But uh, I'm sure that will be downloadable very soon. <coughs> Podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I had a little, I had a frog in my throat um, for a second. Yeah, that. Um, well, I mean, obviously it can be... Uh, Played on this podcast, I'm hoping that it can be featured on this podcast. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But I'm also saying, just for people that <clears throat> want to have the uh, the, the single, track the track alone, like playable in their car, other than having to pull up the music video and stuff, there will be a uh, either a way to purchase it, or possibly we might do. I'm thinking maybe a pay what you want type thing. Um, if you want it. If you don't want to put anything towards it, that's fine. If you want to give us three cents towards it, you know, just to help us uh, continue doing things since we do do everything on our own um, with the exception of stuff like having Whitey help us with the video. Obviously, you have to pay for that type of work. So, um, you probably do like a, I'm thinking maybe a pay what you want. That way, people who don't have even a dollar to spare um, can still hear the music because for us it's not about money. Money helps and is necessary, but we don't want to, if someone doesn't have money, then we're not going to withhold music from them. So that will probably be the route that you see uh, us going in the next few days here. Cool, cool. Well, gentlemen, it's it's been a pleasure. Um, I know we touched on some spiritual essence that uh, maybe some other mortals uh, might get a little lost in the podcast, but that will only encourage them, I hope, to listen to it multiple times yeah. uh, and check out the song. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to say I love you both. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Uh, John, I'm excited to uh, hear your riffage back in the band again. Um, because I remember the last time I saw you at a, a, a Tropic Bomb show, I remember you saying you were so busy that uh, you didn't you you didn't have much time to play the guitar like you used to. So uh, I'm sure well, that's Mike. Why did I call you Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Mike? 
don't set the the bar too high on your expectation. Okay. Uh, okay. It's really not a good song. Just set the bar low, okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mike, um, there's a couple little things I want I want to touch on if you don't mind. No, that's fine, man. I could see some concern in your eyes at about the 34 minute mark. So, I mean, I hope it doesn't turn into an intervention, but I'm all ears. No, no, no. It's <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing like that, Mike. Michael. Um, <laughs> One, I just want to say, uh, well, first I want to say, keep your eyes out. If you are not in the immediate Toledo area, there have been talks about finally doing something in this band that we have not been able to do, which is uh, doing the sporadic out-of-town show uh, once in a while. So we're doing some talks uh, about that, uh, at least in the Midwest, tri-state area. I know there are some people definitely that have been wanting to come see us from Cleveland for several years that just have never found a way to make it in when we play and stuff like that. So we might try to hit up uh, some regional areas. Uh, obviously, we're not able to tour because we all have careers and some of us have kids and stuff. So, But I would look out for some uh, out-of-town shows. So that I did want to say that all hope is not lost for our regional peeps out there and uh i just want to reiterate how happy i am to have john back in the band i know earlier i said that i was like scared to ask him uh to come back which might have seemed strange for some people but i just want to explain that john john has played music with us like i said since we were basically 14 um and i just turned 30 so to have someone be that big a part of your life and then you know when he was gone it, it, there was never any animosity everything was great and I think that made it almost even harder because we didn't want him to leave and he didn't want to leave and it was it was the most uh, selfless decision that that he could have made like basically the selflessness of the act was incredible because you could tell he did not want to stop playing with us and we did not want to stop playing with him, but he he always, he was like, that was the ultimate sacrifice for what was better for the band at the time. And he stayed very uh, active, almost as like a, uh, I don't know how to say the word, concierge or whatever, like an advisor sort of to the band. I'd call him, I'd call him up with uh, frustrations, or I'd be like, man, what do you think about this and this? And he would always talk about things and, I always kind of hoped that one day he could come back, but I didn't know if it was a reality. And then I remember hearing him say that he hadn't played guitar at all in like two years at one point because traveling around uh, everywhere and trying to bring a guitar, you know, and would be very difficult and expensive. And uh, the guys kind of, when they brought it up and they were like, dude, we should ask John if he wants to come back. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, but... They're like, all right, Ryan, will you go ask him? <laughs> and I was like, I will. Let me figure out how I want to bring it up to him because it's a delicate uh, matter for me. And I guess I was so afraid. Like, Mike, have you ever liked a girl? Um, and you kind of feel like there's a chance she might like you back. And that's almost good enough for you, um, having that friendship. And you're almost afraid to ruin things by asking her if she likes you. Like, you're like, you know what, we have this good friendship, we get to hang out, we get to have good times, 
I'm afraid if I ask her if she'd want to date or be my girlfriend that it might make things awkward or basically I might have to hear that she doesn't see me that way and that would kind of make me really sad and upset. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, one of those girls actually is married now and uh, has a child. So thank you, Ryan, for bringing up something that's uh, kind of deep down in the heart chamber there. Because uh, I didn't, I didn't ask her, um, and now she's married with another man and has a baby. In fact, there's been two or three girls over the years that have uh, either I've shown interest or they've shown interest in me who are who are all married, and I think two of the three have have a child. Um, but anyway, continue. Thank you for pulling at the heartstrings, there, buddy. But no, so I'm, at, least, at least you know that you're going for the fertile ones that are able to show commitment. You know, at least yeah. I mean, you know, Mike, I, I'm. No problem. You don't need to thank me, really. Uh, I'm always ha uh, happy to help people bring up repressed memories and help them work on their um, coping abilities. So, I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but basically, it was like that. I was afraid if I asked John, hey, dude, let's, uh, you want to jam again? I, I was afraid, to honestly, to hear him say, and this is not a joke, even though we've been joking this whole time. I was afraid that he was going to say, like, you know, that was a fun time in my life, but uh, I really, it's not something I'm interested in anymore. And I guess I was afraid to hear him say that he was just not interested in playing music anymore, which would have been a travesty, you know? Because um, that's the one thing, man. Uh, we've had people come and go from this band, but all of them continue to play music because it's what we do. And if any of them... Um, would stop playing music, it would be really hard for me to see, and it would be almost like an end of an era that I, I couldn't cope with. So it took me three days to add, uh, build up the courage to ask him. And, uh, man, when I sent the text, I was like, my, my thumb was hovering over the send button for <laughs> probably like a good four minutes before I hit it. And then I just, I heard him text me back, and I didn't check it for a few minutes because I was like my stomach butterflies were going and I had the biggest smile on my face when he said that he was interested and would be willing to try it out and uh, the nerves kind of calmed when I heard that he wanted us to not look at him not talk to him um, except to call him Big City Gremlin of course so uh, it's, it's great to have John back and uh, I'm really really excited to continue um, making music with him and sharing it with, with all of you guys who have been loyally following us for, for the years. So that's all I want to say about that. John, has it been, what's it been like for you kind of revisiting the, uh, the old guitar after kind of dusting it off after a while? You know, I would, um, I would have weekends in my hotel room where I would put on uh, maybe a, a favorite guitar player or a concert and for instance, one of my favorites, John Frushante, I'd watch him and he would just be doing his thing up there and you could see the level of um, love that he had. And I remember like one time it, it like brought a tear to my eye and I was just like, holy crap, like this is so beautiful. Like I, I like I'm, I'm st I still feel this because I remember that's I would watch him and, and feel kind of what I felt like when I would be playing. So I, I did miss that whole that whole feeling of being able to express that. And uh, so I always had that there, even though I wasn't playing. I still had that love there and the passion for it. And um, when they asked me, yeah, it was just, 
I was happy to, to, to come back and um, and try to make it work. It was it was just pretty much it was that that simple for me. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're at with it. Has there has there been anything that's come out of you that uh, like creatively that um, now that you're playing again? Because there, like for example, there'll be times where uh, there it just happened actually at work the other day, and I th- I just I I heard something really cool in my head, but like I was sitting in the middle of the lunchroom, like I wasn't about to like pull out my phone and like say like do like a scat you know thing in my phone like. Are you having like ideas come to you now? Be- now that you've been playing again, where you're like, "Oh man, I have to like put that down somehow so I don't lose it in the ether." Yeah, it, that, that does come to me. Yeah, I, I have two hummed into my phone vocal recorder right now, um, waiting to waiting to be worked on. Um, so yeah, that 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 does come to me, and now that I have more time, I can actually work with my ideas. So yes, which is. It's it's great. It's great having that release. What about you, Rai? What what's what's the uh, the weirdest way a, a an actual song that came to fruition came to you? Oh my god! I don't know. I, I get inspired at the weirdest times, and uh, actually, one of my favorite lines from any song is it's a three eleven line, and it just resonates to me because I like I smirk when I hear it because it's the same with me. Um, Nick Hexum, their singer, says, uh, inspiration comes and goes, and then when it hits, I'm on the phone talking to my voicemail trying to get it out. And for me, that was always cool because it was like, I remember, like, dude, back when John and I started this, um, I'd be coming up with rhymes and weird little, I don't know, one-off little, like, uh, funny, smart-aleck lines uh, and I'd be, I was like working at the Andersons, uh, pushing carts in the parking lot back in 2009 or something. And I remember I'd be jamming with him and I'd go, oh, I'm pushing these carts around and I'd have this little rap line. So I'd pull out my like phone and I don't think I even had a smartphone at that time. So I had to like, I'd like call and leave voicemails and stuff with little raps in them so I could listen back later. Um, so really stuff like that, I've literally ran out of classes before because I've had such a cool line or guitar rhythm in my head that I had to record it right then and there. So I'd run into like a stairwell. I've, I've gone into the bathroom at work to record stuff. I've, I've been in the shower and had something hit me that I knew I wouldn't remember in a few minutes. So I've ran out like dripping wet grabbed the phone, almost ruined my phone to just get a like, little wrap down or a little line. I mean, that's just kind of how it is for me, man. I, I can't control when they pop into my head. I'll start chuckling. I'll be driving. Lots of times I'm driving. Um, I've been known to send uh, worrisome, um, somewhat worrisome video messages to my bandmates where they're like, that's a really cool melody, but you should probably be focusing on the road rather than like playing the drums and singing and, and driving on the expressway at the same time trying to send us a video. So uh, for me, man, it strikes when it strikes and I got to get it down right then and there. I have probably, you know, John says he's got like two, uh, I think he's talking about riffs, uh, riff ideas on his phone, his little voice memo thing. I think I have like, oh God, man. I actually had to make a whole file uh 
on a hard drive on my computer for just stupid little videos I record, and then I have like 60-some sound clips, and most of them suck, but that's the difference, you know, I've, he's got to have a guitar on hand, so I'm sure he's got uh, ideas striking all the time, but as a vocalist, I can do it any, anywhere, so whenever it strikes, I just hit record, and I'll send him stuff, so there's no telling, man, it just happens, it just happens. What's what's one that actually became a Tropic Bombs uh, song that um, that like you remember when it hit you? Uh, like a, a certain line or something. I mean, actually, some of the new stuff uh, that we're working on, Chrysanthemums, I believe, was hummed by you right from the get go. I think. It, yeah, and that was one that John and I sat when we lived together. We sat in the living room. And wrote the cold, maybe the chorus part of that or something. Yeah, I remember actually having a bruise on my leg the next day on my thigh because uh, we sat and I was like, just keep playing, dude. And I was doing, you know, one of these. And uh, I just played for so long as we kept working on it. I had a bruise the next day. Um, Break This Cage off Return to Bomber Bay was one where I sent a humming recording to Bino while I was driving and he was worried about me. Um, <laughs> Stuff like that, man. I mean, just little lines, dude. I, I can't, I don't even know specifics, but I just, usually if there's a clever line um, that I think of, I try to build a song lyrically around that. What's your favorite song to play live, and what's your favorite song lyrically from Tropic Bombs that, that you've been a part of? Uh, are you asking? Both of you, the two of you. Play live. Uh, shoot, man. I, I guess playing live. There's there's several. I think. Um, I think if I had to if I had to narrow it down to one song to play live, I'd say High Noon. Uh, also, the official full title. I'll see your ass at High Noon. Just because. The amount of crowd participation we get in that one is just really, really awesome. I mean, you get people, like, shooting their little finger guns in the air. And it's it's really a fun one. I mean, there's so many songs like that that I could say, but that would have to be my ultimate favorite as far as crowd participation. You know, I like the, I personally like the feeling that goes behind Light the Way. I always feel like there's a, like a... It's almost like a God. I don't even. I don't even know how to describe it. Like a, a sorrowful uh, vibe that is being comp- conquered at the same time and turned into something epic and uh, beautiful at the end. To where uh, I, I don't know. It's just. It's something. Something about that song that I that I really like. I will add to that 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 would have been my other choice because I have noticed that. People, that one resonates the most with people overall, and that was one that we didn't expect to do that. I mean, I, I kind of wrote it hoping that it would, but I just didn't know if it would. And it seems like, I don't know what it is, but every time we go to play that song live, there's someone who's had some sort of hardship leading up there to there that's at that show, or like at least in my mind, that, or someone will like randomly message me. Like I remember one time a girl told me that she used some of those lyrics um, as a eulogy, the final eulogy at her her grandma's funeral, and that people were like wondering where she got it. And it was a really important moment to her, and that gave me chills. Like I never expected that. 
So there's always, every time I play it, um, I'm feeling. Yeah, and I get goosebumps, and I, I feel like I, I tear up sometimes because depending on who I know is going through something, it's it's like literally, I, what, I'm dead serious. Every time we play that live on stage, I pick one person in my head that I know is going through something, and I think about it as I'm singing it, and I kind of, to myself, I don't like tell people, like, I'm singing this for you, I never say that, I just, um, to, to me at that moment, I'm singing it to that person as sort of like a comfort, um, not like I'm here for you, but more like whatever it is that comforts you, that, that remember that that exists, you know, and so depending on what the situation is, um, I can get pretty emotional during that song, and sometimes actually I'll even have to kind of turn around at the end of that song away from the crowd because I'm like I don't want to get too mushy on them. But uh, yeah, that one's definitely the most meaningful uh, live, and probably lyrically one of the the hardest hitters for me because of that. What do you think about that, Mike? What do I think about that? It was good. I liked it. It was serious. It was serious deep. I like that. I like yeah. that. Because um, I think we all have those songs, man. You know, uh, "Light Light the Way" is definitely one of my one of my favorite Traffic Bomb songs for sure. Um, I think it's a very uh, relatable song. But unlike a lot of stuff that is out there in the mainstream, it's not watered down. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of stuff that's made not to crap on mainstream music, but obviously to kind of be relatable and it's kind of it's kind of a dud, you know what I mean? And I think with that song, that's kinda of like for me, like I mean Ryan, you know this, Alter Bridge is one of my favorite bands. To me that's like your guys's Blackbird, you know, that's like your sort of epic um sort of positive transition type of song you know so i i really enjoy that one as well um and i i like uh break this cage is another one that kind of has a similar vibe to it i think as well for people who are struggling i think that's another one um but that's what's cool about what what, what you guys do is you you kind of have those ebbs and flows of sort of the more uh spiritual type of vibe songs and then you also have the ones that are more fun um songs and then the ones that kind of hit you in the face uh like assassins of abano at the end uh you know fall of rain those types of songs so it's kind of a cool mixture between all of that stuff so so yeah man i'm excited i'm excited for 2016 for you dudes not only uh when you when you get a chance to come down to nashville and uh partay down here um, although I don't party that much anymore, I gotta be honest, you know, I cook a lot of chicken on my George Foreman and, you know, try different marinades, which is exciting to me, and I exercise, and, uh, and occasionally I will, you know, just take a long walk and just cry, just let out a nice, good, tearful, you know, sometimes it's, it's an emotional sort of sadness. And then sometimes it's sort of a happy, like, wow, look at, look at where life is taking me right now. You know what I mean? Um, and then I come back to my apartment and, and, uh, I'll eat the chicken and listen to some music. So, I mean, it's really kind of, uh, but in all seriousness, no, I'm, I'm excited for the new music. Uh, 
I think it's going to be a good year. And, um, and yeah, I, I can't wait to check out the video. Um, I almost thought about playing it while we were talking and doing like a Tarantino-esque commentary, but I didn't want it to get too weird for people when they actually listen to this. But um, I'm going to watch it as soon as as soon as we're we finished up. But um, so the show is April fifteenth. What what time does it start? Oh man, um, seven. Can we say seven? Probably. It's yeah. usually seven, right? It depends. I believe it's seven. We're actually co-headlining it with uh, Hour 24, as you mentioned. It's their CD release show, so it's a big show for them as well. And they've worked really hard. Um, so there's a lot of bands on it. I think there's seven bands, actually. Uh, really cool bands. And so, uh, yeah, it's a full night of music. I, I want to say six or seven. Um, sorry, I don't know that off the top of my head. But you can find the Facebook event. If you look up uh, our 24 CD release slash Tropic Bombs Return Show, um, it's going to be a great time. And we're actually aiming to try and sell it out. Uh, that would be really awesome. And I, I, I think that is possible. So get your tickets early and uh, come and have a good time. Watch Johnny hop back on stage for the first time in really a full show in three years and our first time in almost a year by that point to be honest if you dress like a big city gremlin you get half off at the door okay so so can that be combined in conjunction with the w2 discount yep and if you bring both you get in free okay okay i will make sure to really pump that when i when i put the show up um yep yep but do people have to submit their big city gremlin, like, outfits to really be considered a gremlin? Because I feel like there's different levels of gremlinness. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Or, 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 or is you, you, people just kind of get a pass for just nope. coming in as a gremlin? Or, or is it something that they should submit first and let you guys know, like, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. But if it comes off as more like a David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, or like... It's- then maybe it's kind of like, eh, we're not going to give you 50%, but maybe we'll give you like 32%, you know? We're, you yeah. know, you got to submit a one-page essay as to why you feel like you should be considered a big city gremlin. And, uh, you know, what what is your reasoning? I mean, yeah, sure, everyone can say they're a big city gremlin. And, like, people say that every day. Most people do, in fact. So I want to know specifically why you feel that you are a big city gremlin and why we should feel that you're a big city gremlin because it's like dude you can't just you can't just claim that I mean you can but we really need to know the thought and the emotion and why specifically on this night you feel the big city gremlin is alive within you yeah and don't come addressed as a small city gremlin either like oh, that's worse. <laughs> I mean we don't want you rolling in with your freaking suspenders and and that sort of thing, yeah, you no, know, with no, a piece of wheat in your mouth. No or r- rural gremlins either. Yeah. Don't want that. We're talking big city exclusively. You know. You know. Of course, you know. But, I mean, that's not all kind of common sense, so. Right, right. We've been, you know, people have been through this before. Right. So, so like a son-in-law, Pauly Shore, that would be considered a rural, small city gremlin. I mean, yeah. still a gremlin, but but not but not big city 
we really want people to have fun with the costumes. You better yeah. look straight out of Comic-Con as if you were in, like, the Gremlins and you just had water poured on you and you wanted to kill Gizmo. Gotcha. And you better be tall. And if you're not tall, you better get some stilts. And if you're not fat, you better eat a lot. We want you big. We want you nice and big. Big city gremlins, man. Big yeah. city gremlins. Well, let me tell you this: if you're yeah. fitting in the door, literally big. City. Dude, if you're not, if you're not, if you're fitting in the door, and we don't have to remove the glass pane from the window to get you in, you're not big enough. Yeah. Well, so I mean, it could it could it be a fire hazard, though, Rye? I mean, could that be something that potentially? Okay. Is the answer okay. to that basically? Okay. Will there be big city gremlin shots? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like maybe, you know, something a little sweet, but not like I'm going to puke in Technicolor sweet. I'm thinking more of like a dry sort of maybe like a vermouth mixed with a little bit of whiskey. It's water. And, and then green, sort of a green element. But It's water. Okay. Shots of water. Just shots of water? How else do you get to become a big city gremlin if not... Just shot after shot of water. And after midnight, you can get them. Yep, only after midnight. Right, right. This is yeah. going to be uh, this is going to be a really good time. I mean, I think that's like the main thing people need to know is it's going to be a lot of fun, you know. So, uh, yours truly is going to do my best to make it. I think that it uh, will definitely be possible. So I'm going to try to make that happen. And uh, other than that, Tropic Bombs on Facebook. Check out the video on Facebook. Um, anything else you guys would like to promote? Big City Gremlins, um, finding your spirit animal amongst the astral plane. Mike Bauman, Bauman's um, uh, Breakdown podcast, King of the World. Do it up. Listen to all his interviews back to back, seventy six hours. That's a, yeah. That's a lot, man. That's a lot that's, of my voice. That is a lot of my voice. Um, I did hear, too, real quick before we wrap this up, that the suit that John was wearing in the video actually might make an appearance at the Oscars. Like, I heard, and see, that's why you have to be careful about about leaking things to Kurt Loder. You know, now, I think there might be one nominee that I might actually be trying to cramp John's style. So, I don't know, maybe that'll be a positive thing for Tropic Bombs, but, uh, you know, they say imitation is the highest form of flattery, but... That's why I'm saying, you guys, I mean, not only was my ego a little hurt by the Kurt Loader leak, but now there's people kind of pawning your style a little bit. You know what I mean? Happy. We're yeah. just happy that, that Kesha's back. Whether she wears the suit coat or not, we're just happy that she's able to make music again. And uh, we're not, you know, we're not upset about it. No. Well, I actually heard that it was going to be DiCaprio who was going to do it. You know what I mean? Um that's, I mean, he called and asked, and I was like, at first I said no, I called him back, and, and I get, said, yeah. Get rid of that dad bod, and then we can talk about it, is what he said. Yeah, so he's been hitting the gym since since that second phone call and sending me some pics and stuff, and I said, I think that'll be all right. It's nice to know he takes his fashion sense as seriously as his acting. I mean, he really he really dives in head first, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll be looking for that at the Oscars because I think that's tomorrow night. So by the time this podcast gets up, listeners, uh, definitely check out the sort of alignment and styles there, you know. 
because that means that Tropic Bombs kind of made it to Hollywood, which is interesting. Well, you you can also catch DiCaprio on April 15th at our show. According to him, you know. Yeah. Him and Sean Pegg and Simon Penn are all going to be there. Okay. Kurt Loder's not invited, is he? Because I feel like I might have words with him. You know, we didn't specifically reach out to him. I mean, who knows if he's going to fly in. Um... I mean, I'm not worried about it all because, in all seriousness, I have been doing P90X3 religiously. I've been eating about five pounds of chicken a week, a lot of quinoa, a lot of spinach, very low alcohol intake. Uh, I've been getting into more some red wine, which is good for sort of just the soul in general. So, I mean, I'm not too concerned at my current height and weight with with one Kurt Loader, but um, I know he's probably done some sort of, you know, whether it's Muay Thai or some type of, you know, mixed martial artist. I feel like he's one of those guys. He's got that kind of quiet, like, don't mess with me vibe, but I'm not too worried about it. So I'm just putting it out there. Kurt Loader, if you show up, you don't see this pull-up bar behind me right now, but there's a lot of variations on that. I have a strong back and a very sinewy build, but a very strong sort of, what do they call that, Ryan? I know you're doing the PT stuff where you have, like, very tight muscle and it's yeah. and it's it's built compactly, you know. That's close packed. Yeah, close packed, yeah. and uh, I'm more of an endomorph, not an exomorph. My body type, so I've, I've, I'm very elongated in my structure, very very like, long muscle. An endomorph is kind of like round and rotund and robust. So endomorph skinny. I'd say you're like an ectomesomorph. Hmm. A mesomorph is like muscular, an ectomorph is super real thin. You're like a thin dude that's muscular and, you know, lean and chiseled. And, but I will say lo- I, loader is training. I repeat, loader is training. So, but well, you know what, dude, we got you back. Dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, you know, shout out to uh, TB... CG uh, gym down here, Big City Gremlin Gym, um, has really been getting me ready too, in addition to the home workouts. So, because that's funny that you guys mentioned that, the Big City Gremlin. Like, I don't think you even realize there's actually a Big City Gremlin. It works really well too for social media because it's hashtag TBCG. Um, so, it's very easy at all, at all uh, you know, phonetically, it comes out very well. So, um, but yeah, if he's there, I don't know. I don't think it's going to impact my evening or yours. But um, you know, it might get a little hairy. It, it might get a little hairy. And uh, if I was Kurt, I would I would probably just stay out of this region right here. I would probably just stay away from from all of this. So yeah, you know. But anyway, we don't want to put a damper on the evening. Uh, I want you fellas to go enjoy your Saturday. Um, and uh, thank you for spending some time uh, in this realm with me. It's been it's been a joy. Facebook.com, what is that, forward slash Tropic Bombs, forward slash, backslash? I always get that one confused. Is it... Just look at the other slashes on other websites. We do pretty much the same thing. Same slashes. Yeah. Same slashes? Okay. Copied. All right. All right, Mikey boy, thanks for interviewing us. I you know I like to say conversation more than interview. I feel like it's more personal. You know what I mean? I feel yeah, like you're it's, right. You know, I was trying to make you uncomfortable, throw you off balance, but you can, I can't, dude. You're you're in your, your man. You're just there. 
You are. The Kabbalion. Look it up. That's what I'm about right now, boys. Mental what? alchemy, positive mental attitude, the law of attraction. It's all real. It's very real. It's very real. Yo. <laughs> all right, you guys. <laughs> Well, tell tell everybody back in T-Town I said hi. Anybody who knows me and might be concerned about my whereabouts. Um, I know there's probably a lot of really sad people that I don't live there anymore. But, you know, it'll get better. It, it, you know, time heals all wounds. Um, except for heartbreak. Time really never heals that. That, that usually takes a lot of therapy and, uh, you, know, um, you know, really good insurance plans. But everything else... Uh, time pretty much heals those wounds. So much for that. All right, dudes. Enjoy your Saturday. Get some lunch. It's it's what? Is it two thirty? It's oh, it's three. It's no, I haven't checked my phone. That's the time to go to the dentist, right? Two <laughs> thirty. I don't know. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Who who called me? This is weird. All right, fellas. Enjoy your Saturday. Thanks again. It was fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing you guys soon. I'm looking forward to you guys coming to Nashville, too. It'll be a good time. All right, man. All right. Well, we'll see you. See you later. All right, all right, all right. There you have it. That was one Ryan waiting. And one, John Hammond of the band Tropic Bombs. God, I love that. Love that name. Love this band's sound, their music. Make sure you go check out these fellows on facebook.com forward slash Tropic Bombs. You can also go check out their show. I highly suggest you do this, folks. All right. April 15th, Frankie's Inner City, Toledo, Ohio. $8 in advance, $10 at the door. You can't beat that. This will be Hour 24 debuting their newest EP, Emergence, co-headlining with Tropic Bombs, who you just heard about, The Alchemist's Gaze. Great song. And let's let's think about this, all right? Now, many of you partake in what is the most traded product in the world, and of course, I'm talking about coffee. Now, many of you, some of you on a daily basis, will spend upwards of seven, eight, sometimes even ten dollars. Ten dollars on coffee. And it's a mocha chica kino latto, it's a mocha choco frappuccino, all you guys getting that kind of stuff. I'm straight up. Coffee black. That's what I want. I'm I'm all about the business. Straight to business. But you'll be spending eight, ten dollars on that coffee. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. We all know the institution I'm talking about. I'm a particular fan of their products as well. That being said, there's also a lot of theft going on in the music industry today. People stealing music of hard-working young men and women out there and hard-working older men and women who are making some really, really good stuff that costs tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to produce, to mix, to master, to lay to tape, analog, digital, Reaper, Pro Tools, you name it. It is all stuff that takes time to do. And you are able to get that product, that artwork, that soul, that feeling from the heart. Stuff that comes out of pain, stuff that comes out of love, stuff that comes out of an unjust world. And all of us just trying to find our way. Taking those impurities and turning it into a pure musical product. That's a spiritual revelation, folks. And you get that for 5 sometimes $10. Hell, some of these bands give it away for free. 
Now, you mean to tell me you don't have 8 to $10 to go out to Frankie's Inner City on Friday night, April 15th? It's the weekend now. Even if you got to work the next day, you still got a couple hours to recharge the batteries. You're young. You can handle it. Me and my buddies used to go to shows all the time back in Texas, where I'm from. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another particular reason I'm really interested in this podcast, because John Hammond does a lot of work down there. So take that $8 that week in advance, or $10 at the door. If you're on time, though, you'll be able to get in more than likely. Now, this particular show may sell out. It, it very well may sell out. But forget about your mocha choca, quina, latte, whatever that week. If money's tight, you save that money for that Friday night and go to that show. That's my suggestion. I'm putting my stamp on it. I don't usually do that with my celebrity, but I'm going to do it in this particular instance because this particular show is going to be epic. So I suggest April 15th, Frankie's Inner City. Doors are at 6 o'clock, $8 in advance, $10 at the door. You get hour 24. Boom. You get Tropic Bombs. Are you kidding me? You get Ghost Native. Love it. Far from fiction. That's right. Silver Age. Come on now. Light Horizon. Are you serious in travail? All right, all right, all right. You get all those bands, $8 in advance, $10 at the door. Save the money for the coffee, go to the show. Again, facebook.com forward slash Tropic Bombs. Check out the new video for the Alchemist. In, uh, excuse me, I almost said the Alchemy Index, referring to that Thrice album back in the day I liked so much. That's right, Matthew McConaughey listens to a little bit of, little bit of Thrice every now and again. I know I'm from Texas, a lot of country down there. Don't get me wrong, I love me some country, but the Alchemy Index was good. Let's not confuse that with the Alchemist's Gaze. My apologies, the Alchemist's Gaze. That's the video shot by one Whitey of Vindicate Media. Very well done, my friend. If you ever got any projects you want to do in the future, let me know. Get in touch with my people. We'll make it happen. All right. Now, we're coming up on five minutes, so I want to wrap this thing up. Three things. And I know Mike has his little spiel he does at the end, too, and we'll get to that. Three things I try to do every day. I try to find someone to look up to, someone to look forward to, and someone to keep chasing. I suggest you do the same. Someone to look up to, someone to look forward to, someone to keep chasing. That'll always keep you on your toes in this crazy thing we call life. As you heard about, John found his big city gremlin. One lion hyena killer waiting already knows what his spirit animal and spirit name is. Mike Ballman seems to be on his way. So make sure you find someone to keep looking up to, someone to keep looking forward to, and someone to keep chasing, and everything else will fall into place. Facebook.com slash Tropic Bombs, Ballmansbreakdown.podbean.com. I highly suggest you listen to this podcast. You can subscribe for free on iTunes. That's right. You can also subscribe on a very good app called Podcast Addict, as well as Podbean the host server for this podcast. And other than that, I just want to thank you all for listening. It's been a pleasure to guest host the intro and the close of the show this week. It certainly was an epic one. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go get fitted, get ready with my family, my beautiful wife, to go ahead to these Oscars. Now, this year I'm not nominated, but I will be presenting, and Chris Rock is going to do a great job. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, almost forgot i got to close it by saying you're going to hear the alchemist's gaze on this podcast. That's right. Fellas at Tropic Bombs wanted Micah to share it with you all, so we're going to do that. I'm going to go get changed. And, of course, I can't forget Mike's tagline, and I like this. Keep the faith and be kind to one another.
Here is the alchemist's gaze from Tropic Bombs. Peace. Call me.